Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD and I blog and podcast about sex and marriage and everything to do with that uh, from a Christian perspective. And a couple of weeks ago, I uh, did a podcast episode and wrote a post about how having responsive desire is actually a blessing, whereas most people see it as kind of a curse or something that we overcome or something that makes them broken. Uh, so I wanted to address that and show you how uh, responsive desire uh, can actually be a good thing. And it was extremely well received. I got a lot of emails from husbands and wives telling me how it helped them, either as the one with responsive desire or uh, having a spouse with responsive desire. And then I got an email asking me to write a reciprocal post about spontaneous desire. Uh, in her case, she's the one with spontaneous desire and her husband has responsive desire. And this unfortunately has caused a lot of frustration in her marriage. And I don't think this is an isolated incident uh, in much the way, same way that responsive desire spouses can think that they're broken because they don't want sex all the time. Spontaneous desire spouses can start to feel like their desire for sex is a burden. Uh, likewise, those with responsive desire can sometimes feel that their spouse's spontaneous desire is overwhelming. Sometimes they can feel like all they want is sex or that they only want them for sex. And sometimes they kind of classify their spouses as sex addicts and write off their desire as a pathology to be downplayed, uh, ignored, mitigated, or suppressed in some way, that it's kind of their job to hold back their spouse's desires. Unfortunately, I think Christianity has a lot to blame for this. Uh, writers back in the 1800s, you know, didn't help this mentality at all. Uh, sadly, one of the founders uh, of the denomination I'm in wrote that sexual excess will effectively destroy a love for devotional exercises. It will take from the brain the substance needed to nourish the system and will most effectively exhaust the vitality. No woman should aid her husband in this work of self-destruction. She will not do it if she is enlightened and has true love for him. The more the animal passions are indulged, the stronger do they become, and the more violent will be their clamors for indulgence. Let God-fearing men and women awake to their duty. Many professed Christians are suffering with paralysis of nerve and brain because of their intemperance in this direction. Uh, that was Ellen White in the book Testimonies for the Church 2. The same author wrote uh, in another book called Adventist Home that it is not pure holy love which leads the wife to gratify the animal propensities of her husband at the expense of health and life. If she possesses true love and wisdom, she will seek to divert his mind from the gratification of lustful passions to high and spiritual themes by dwelling upon interesting spiritual subjects. It may be necessarily to humbly and affectionately urge, even at the risk of his displeasure, that she cannot debase her body by yielding to sexual excess. She should, in tender kind manner, remind him that God has the first and highest claim upon her entire being, and that she cannot disregard this claim, for she will be held accountable in the great day of God. Now, unfortunately, this author didn't have a great marriage herself. Uh, her and her husband slept in different beds, and uh, it, it's kind of well known that their marriage wasn't uh, that's solid. Uh, but unfortunately, she heavily influenced uh, my entire denomination and other writers of the same period heavily influenced other ones. And I know it's not just my denomination in which this occurs. It was the fashion of the day to believe that sex lessened your quote-unquote vital force. Uh, that is that the more sex you had, the shorter your life would be. And some 150 years later now, this mindset still exists 
in much of the collective Christian subconscious, leading many spouses to wonder what exactly is good about spontaneous desire. You know, what's good about having it? What's good about having a spouse with it? We still tend to have this kind of built-in belief that sex is wrong and shameful and something that needs to be uh, minimized. Um, I think that's one of the reasons we don't talk about it in church, because you don't talk about things you're ashamed of. And unfortunately, because we don't talk about it, people are ashamed of it. So it's kind of a vicious circle there. So if you have responsive desire and your spouse has spontaneous desire, you know what you might be wondering what's good about it. For one, uh, without them, sex might not actually happen outside of trying to conceive. A responsive desire spouses generally need someone to turn them on or to arouse them. You know, something has to happen to kind of kick their drive into gear. But if neither spouse has the impetus to do so, you know, does sex ever happen other than as a means to an end? Uh, I get so many emails from husbands saying that their wife was incredibly interested in sex when they were trying to conceive and then not at all afterwards. Uh, I had this my ex- experience myself. Uh, sex becomes merely a necessity of conception, stripping it down to a simple biomechanical task. And frankly, I think we do just as badly in the church with this as we do outside of the church. Um, Outside of the church, they're trying to separate sex as a purely physical act uh, and strip away all the emotional and whatever other connections that there are. And we rail against that saying, no, sex has to be within marriage. But then in some ways, we do the same kind of thing that if we believe that sex is only for conception, then it strips it down to, again, a purely physical act. Um, You lose kind of all sense of adventure and mystery. You lose that joy of sex. And sometimes I get messages from couple where both spouses have responsive desire, and they're asking if sex is required for marriage. Uh, They're both just not ever interested in having it. Or maybe they have sex, but both are sort of bored with it. They do it just because, you know, they do feel this kind of physical drive to have an orgasm, but there's nothing really else there. It's become purely a physical thing. And I don't know if that's because they're both like that, or they've been taught to believe that, or what. But neither of them has the drive to kind of push beyond what works, uh, what simply gets them to that orgasm in the most efficient way possible. And while responsive desire spouses may often seem to pull away from the idea of sex, uh, the truth is most of them enjoy it, even need it. Spouses with spontaneous desire lead the marriage to this special kind of connection uh, that doesn't exist outside of sex. Uh, This one act brings vulnerability uh, physically, emotionally, and mentally. In no other situation do we bear ourselves in quite the same way uh, with our bodies, you know, being naked and sweaty and sometimes messy, usually messy. Uh, With our emotions, you know, orgasms are difficult at best if you're holding back emotionally and just try not showing how you're feeling during one. Plus, the oxytocin it gives off makes you feel emotionally connection, connected. And with our minds, uh, you know, it's intimate and requires trust telling your spouse what you want and need in bed. And in short, spontaneous desire spouses make sex happen. Uh, that's not to say that spouses with responsive desire don't initiate, but generally they're doing it because they know they're spontaneous desire spouse will appreciate it. Sometimes they know that their spouse will not appreciate it if they don't. But either way, it's it's generally the spontaneous desire spouse that's driving it in some way. Secondly, uh, spontaneous desire spouses keep sex exciting. One of the challenges with marriage uh, is that if left alone, sex becomes 
dull and routine. You know, responsive desire spouses tend to have this paradox of both needing sex to be exciting, new and adventurous, but also lacking the energy required to fulfill that need. I wonder how many men have heard their wife say, so what are you going to do to me while laying naked in bed? Uh, that's not to say that women can't have spontaneous desire. It's just I've never heard of a husband asking his wife this particular question. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen, though. But I do hear many, many husbands say, that their wives say this verbatim. Uh, many responsive desire spouses uh, desperately want something new, um, but they have no ideas of their own. And they need someone to kind of take the reins and lead them to this adventure. And as luck or God would have it, spontaneous desire spouses tend to be thinking about sex a lot of the time. Uh, they remember what they've done. They're thinking about possibilities. They're filing away things here and there for later use. And a funny story, actually, that happened in our supporter forum. Uh, someone made a typo in a post. Uh, we were talking about responsive desire, and someone wrote, uh, we don't play the read-my-mind games or employ misdirection. If I want something, I clearly state what I want, then he can decide whether or not to accommodate it. He does the sante for me. And then somebody else asked, what is the sante? And I responded saying, I think it's a typo. I think she meant to say the same, like he does the same for me. Uh, and then I responded saying, you were hoping for some crazy new sex act that you haven't heard about, weren't you? And of course they responded, well, you never know. The point is that uh, those of us with spontaneous desire are always on the lookout for something new, some adventure, something that we can share with our spouse to drive even more intimacy, pleasure, excitement, etc. Now, sometimes uh, those of us with spontaneous desire can still get kind of a deer in the headlights kind of moment when asked what we want to do because there are just so many possibilities that we go blank or because we're not quite sure if they'll be okay with the first dozen activities that pop into our mind. But generally, spontaneous desire spouses are the ones who are bringing up new ideas and kind of leading that adventure. Again, not always, but often. If a spouse is going to randomly show up in the bedroom with a sex toy for the first time, chances are it's the spontaneous desire spouse or a really frustrated wife or both. Uh, spontaneous desire spouses also tend to be the ones to push boundaries. You know, tied to the previous point, uh, because spontaneous desire spouses tend to be more adventurous, they also tend to yeah push these boundaries. Often with regards to sex, they're the ones thinking, I wonder what it would be like if whatever. Uh, this can be scary for someone with responsive desire who feels less adventurous. As my wife said recently, you know, before we got married, I never thought our sex life would look like this. Um, the ideas just never entered her head. Uh, she just figured it would be sex, whatever that was. You know, TV depictions of rolling around back and forth in bed under the covers. Uh, not me. Well, before we were married, I had lots and lots of ideas. Now, those of us with spontaneous desire need to learn how far we can push and at what speed those boundaries move. Um, but assuming that uh, they're going with a progression that uh, someone with a responsive desire can work with, they will uh, expand those boundaries into mind-blowing sex, hopefully, uh, the likes of which that you may never get to at your own pace. Because spouses with responsive desire have a tendency to prefer to stick to their comfort zone. Uh, Unfortunately, they also tend to be the ones that get kind of bored with that comfort zone. So like I said, there's a bit of a paradox there. 
And it takes time and a willingness to be challenged if you're a responsive desire spouse, but having a spouse who's constantly looking at the possibilities helps increase intimacy in all areas of marriage. After all, if you're willing to have some really adventurous, naked, sweaty, vulnerable sex with the lights on, then that builds trust with which carries on over into other areas of marriage. And the last reason is that they make you feel desired. If you have a spouse who has spontaneous desire, uh, you generally don't feel like they don't want to have sex with you. 18 years ago, I said no to sex once. Uh, and it was on our honeymoon, which I know is bad. But the reason was that I had the flu and I was ready to either pass out or throw up or both. Uh, it was the worst honeymoon ever. And that's not even the half of it. Anyways, I honestly don't remember saying no. Uh, I think the fever messed with my memory. Uh, the point is that years later, my wife said that even though the flu was like a valid reason, uh, my rejection still affected her ability to initiate for years to come. She still remembers that event and it hurts a bit. Uh, and even though I don't remember doing it and I don't know if I could have helped it either way, I, I kick myself for doing it just one time. And I know there are some other responsive desire spouses who uh, may have had similar things happen. Maybe their spouse was sick or stressed or simply exhausted, but whatever reason the reason, uh, it seems to hurt responsive desire spouses a lot more to be turned down. I think they just expect sex to always be there on the rare occasion that they want it. And when it's not, well, it's like one of the fundamental laws of nature has just been broken. And it's pretty rare for a spontaneous desire spouse to say no to sex. I mean, it happens, but more often than not, I hear spontaneous desire spouses say, I've never turned down sex, also while lamenting that their spouse says no regularly. And I know there are a lot of spontaneous desire spouses grumbling as I say this because they deal with rejection on a regular basis. And they're probably thinking to themselves, well, it's not fair. And you're right. But get over it. Who said life was going to be fair? This section isn't about you, Mid. The part for you is still coming. Now, if someone is married to a spouse with spontaneous desire, they rarely have to feel that they're unattractive to their spouse or worry about sexual rejection. Uh, they may still feel insecure about their body and feel unattractive in general, but they still know that even if no one else in the world thinks that they're attractive, their spouse finds them hot and is ready to get naked with them at the slightest invitation. As such, initiating sex is largely risk-free for most responsive desire spouses. That doesn't make it easy, uh, but at least they know that the risk of rejection is pretty low, if not completely implausible. And I know it can be difficult having a spouse who always seems to be focused on sex. Sometimes it can seem like all they want you for is sex. But the truth of the matter is that they love you and they love having sex with you. It's how they express and receive love in many ways. And that's a good thing. I mean, if the entire relationship is based on sex, then there's a problem. But likewise, if you have a marriage that doesn't have any sex, then I think you also have a problem. Anyways, having a spouse with spontaneous desire is a blessing for the reasons I just mentioned uh, and more mentioned in the previous episode. If you haven't yet, uh, maybe go check that one out. Now, to the people who have spontaneous desire, uh, what if you have it? Uh, I'll be honest, I had more trouble with this part. Uh, a lot of the time, it seems like more of a burden than a blessing. I think we generally have trouble believing that our own sexual desires are good. I think if my wife had tried to come up with the content for the last uh, episode, then she'd struggle with how responsive desire is a blessing. Uh, for myself, I had no problem with that section. That was easy. 
Um, but ultimately I believe that God made me this way for a reason, just as I believe God made my wife the way she is. Now, neither of us is perfect. Uh, but I think that the underlying dynamic of responsive versus spontaneous is a good thing. And I know that my spontaneous desire is a blessing to my spouse for the reasons I just mentioned. But like many spouses with spontaneous desire, I have wished in the past that God would take it away. And many years ago, I changed that desire to have it removed, but I still struggle to accept that it's a good thing sometimes. So this part is for any spouse that has spontaneous desire like me and struggles to see the blessing in it from time to time. So one of the benefits of having spontaneous desire is that I'm constantly looking forward to sex. Uh, in some ways, my life is lived as the space kind of between sexual encounters, or rather going through life feels kind of like fighting battle after battle, and sex with my wife is like the break in between those battles. It's that oasis where I can rest and recover and be myself and be free, feel loved, show love, you know, have fun, you know, just shed my clothes and my worries and everything. It's it's just peace. And even that's not quite right, because while that sounds like it's just sex, what makes it all those things is that it's with my wife. It's like when we leave our bedroom, we're in that battle together, yet not. You know, we live intertwined lives, but still we often have to separate. You know, my job takes me out of the home twice a week, and my wife's hobbies tend to take her out of the home. As well, we each have different roles and duties to perform, so we can't be together all the time. And it's good that we have our own things. It keeps It's good to keep some sense of individuality. But the point is that even when we're together in daily life, we're still not really together. Uh, we don't get each other's undivided attention because there's always some task that needs to be completed or a child vying for attention or something going on. But when we reunite in bed, all that falls away. I get her 100% to myself, you know, barring some ADHD random thoughts. Uh, no one is asking us for anyone. No one is interrupting. I mean, sometimes we get knocks on the door from a child who can't sleep, but that's pretty rare these days. Uh, our infants waking while we have sex is a thing of a past. You know, there are no tasks to do at the moment. It's just us. And I honestly don't know if my wife has anything like that in her life. Um, sex doesn't have quite the same effect on her. She doesn't really get what it means to me. She knows because I've told her, but she doesn't really understand. Uh, because while she gets the same kind of break, sex isn't as much of a relief to her. For her, it's still a lot of mental effort. And yes, I do my best to kind of help bring her along, get her aroused, but she still has a lot of work to do herself to get herself in the mood and keep herself there. She has to constantly choose to kind of give in rather than shut down. Along the same lines, if you have spontaneous desire, chances are you've never had to work to get in the mood. Anytime your spouse even hints at sex, you're probably willing. I think many of us don't realize just how much of a blessing that is, because it's often not even a split-second thought for us. Uh, we don't get how much mental work it can be for a spouse who needs to make a decision to be willing to be aroused, to stay focused on sex, to dampen their hang-ups, discomfort, shame, or whatever other sexual inhibitors they might have. For my wife, I know that even accepting my initiations is a struggle every single time. And I know this because she's explained it to me, but I don't really understand, just in the same way that she doesn't really understand what sex means to me. You know, I have no idea what it's like for her. Sometimes I wish I did so that I could understand her better, because my natural inclination, which I've spent years trying to kill, is to assume that she's purposely trying to be reject me for some reason, that there's some malicious intent there. 
isn't it awful how our minds work? You know, we jump to the conclusion that our spouse is being malicious rather than loving. The truth is she's fighting a battle in my favor to try and be open to sex. And sometimes she loses that battle. What's more, um, my natural assumption that she's being malicious makes it harder for her to actually win it for me. The point is, I may never have to fight that battle. And that's a blessing I should be aware of. I just have to make sure I don't take that blessing for granted and turn it into a curse. Thirdly, spontaneous desire spouses tend to be sex positive. You know, along the same lines as the other ones, you know, I'm generally open to trying just about anything, you know, within moral boundaries, which I've made pretty clear on the blog. Uh, If my wife ever says, I think I'd like to try X, I'm generally up for it. Now, that rarely happens. Actually, you have to be careful to listen or watch for these hints. Many responsive desire spouses aren't likely to come right out and ask for what they want. They're likely to hint subtly or tell you something that's interesting. And if you miss it, it may not come up again for years, if ever. Um, They tend to be really sensitive to those types of things. But the point is, I don't have to take time to get used to a new sexual activity. I don't worry about why I liked it or what it means about me. As long as I believe it's moral, it's a simple question of, did it feel good? But for many responsive desire spouses, there's this worry about what does this mean? What kind of person am I? Am I? What do I why do I like this? You know, Why doesn't it feel good when I'm not aroused? Uh, why don't I like the idea when I'm not aroused? And on and on and on. So if you have spontaneous desire you are likely to have fewer sexual hangups getting in the way of your pleasure. And I'd call that a blessing. You know, lastly, spontaneous desire spouses have to learn patience and to be content with what they have um, when it's not what they want. And this may not sound like a blessing, but I think it is. There are some things more important than sex. And one of those is learning to have a Christ-like character. And really, both sides have a blessing here in that regard, but they're different. For a spouse with responsive desire, it's a blessing that they have an opportunity to in turn bless your spouse with yourself. Uh, When you choose to be accepting of their initiations, you're choosing to accept them, to accept their desires as more important than your own. That's an act of humility and selfless love, which are some of the fruit of the Spirit and part of the character of Christ, which we should all be working towards inhabiting. Likewise, with spontaneous desire spouses, we have an opportunity to learn patience and gentleness. We know there are times when it takes more effort for our spouse to accept our request for connection. Uh, We have ample opportunities to say, I, I will wait, and then to wait with graciousness, not resentment. We have lots of chances to learn to love even when our homo- hormones are depleted and screaming at us that our spouse doesn't love us. We have a lot of opportunities to show unconditional love. I mean, both spouses do, but these are the ways that the spontaneous desire spouses get those opportunities. And that's a blessing. They, these small tests of character help us exercise our will. They're practice in leaning on God, on dying to self, on choosing to love and be more Christ-like. They teach us to be content in whatever situation we find ourselves, even when we don't get what we want. In this way, our sex life becomes a training ground for life. These little moments can add up to large changes that can have effects in all aspects of life. So the next time that you're feeling rejected and choose to show your spouse love, thank God for that opportunity to learn. Now, let's not kid ourselves. The dynamic of responsive versus spontaneous desire has a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of opportunity for hurt feelings. There are many moments in which you have to choose to love because by default, we tend to hurt or even hate. Um, 
but how you experience sexual desire isn't a problem. Whether you're responsive or spontaneous, it's not a curse. You aren't broken um, just because you have one or the other. I mean, we're all broken for different reasons, but you're just different from your spouse. And it's that difference that makes marriages great. It's those differences that cause us to grow. And I hope that this episode show you that there are some real benefits to having spontaneous desire or having a spouse who has spontaneous desire. If nothing else, I want these kind of two episodes to help you look f- for these benefits, to appreciate them in yourself and in your spouse rather than take them for granted. Because unfortunately, we tend to just write off the good as that's just the way it is and then focus on the negative as they're doing this on purpose. You know, what if we could turn that around? What if you saw the negative parts of sex drive differences as that's just part of the dynamic and actively sought out the benefits and were grateful for them? What if you regularly told your spouse that you're happy that their sex drive is the way it is and told them it was a blessing to you? How would that change your conflicts about sex? How could that change your marriage? And if you're listening to this podcast, I highly suggest going and checking out uh, the post, which I'll link to in the show notes. Uh, In it, uh, I've actually embedded a whole ton of links to different topics uh, as we went through them that I can't really show in the podcast very well. Um, But on the post, there's links to many, many other kind of associated topics to help you uh, try and figure out this dynamic and navigate it and mitigate some of the negatives and uh, yeah, bring out the positives more. So uh, if this is something you're struggling with, definitely go check that out. And if you still find that you need help and you both really want to work on it, um, then shoot me an email, uh, j at uncoveringintimacy.com. I'm more than willing to ask questions as much as I can. If we need to dive into it deeper, I do offer coaching. Um, You can find out about that on the website. But really, my mission here is to help make your marriages better. I, I want you to have strong marriages so that you can go out and do more kingdom work. You know, if if your marriage is struggling, then it's really hard to do God's work in your life because the thing that's supposed to give you strength, the relationship that's supposed to be your foundation, that oasis, uh, if it's not there and stable, then it's hard to use that as a springboard to go out into the world and fight those battles. And if coaching's not for you and you don't want to email me, um, Another option is checking out our supporter forum. Um, you can check out that page at uncoveringintimacy.com slash champion. Um, there's information there about how to join. Uh, it's for anybody who supports our blog and podcast. So if you appreciate what we're doing here, some people just give a dollar a month. I'm perfectly fine with that. And it grants you access to a community of sex positive people who are all focused on working on their marriages and they want to help you do the same. As well, uh, it's getting into fall, so I'm starting to look at revamping some of our products that we have out there. And that means people who are in our supporters groups at different tiers, they get some of these products for free as I re-release them. So if uh, you've been thinking about joining our supporter group then now's an opportune time to do it other than that uh, i have july and august anonymous questions i have to get through and get a podcast out about soon Um, so stay tuned for that